0: I got
1: a good show. You always have a good show. I just want to put that out there. Like first of all, so whatever you bring, I just assume is good. Did you get any feedback for Three's Company? I've got. I, I got to be honest with you. I watched Three's. I listened to Three's Company with a group of people. Oh, and that was really. It was very interesting to to for me to be like. It was as if I wasn't in the room with them because they were talking. <laughs> <laughs> to the speaker while the show was playing, I don't think I want to do that. So uh, the other feedback I got was was uh, was jiggly. Uh,
0: you know what? I I got a, a lot of feedback on jiggly too. I'm not sure why. I, it's not like I was looking for something that wasn't there. I wasn't making this up. No, and I honestly I thought jiggly was a very PG term
1: that, that you used.
0: So there's a website called TVTropes.org oh. that I go to sometimes. It's fun, you know, to like kind of read all the different TV tropes because they give them unique but accurate names. So one of the TV tropes is something called Jiggly Show. Okay. Was Three's Company number one? It wasn't number one. Like it wasn't, this is a Jiggly Show. Well, like here, I, I'm just going to read. So quoting from <laughs> Jiggly Show, web- not Jiggly Show Website. <laughs> 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 JigglyShow.com, TVTropes.org. Let's see, Charlie's Angels changed all that, introducing a spellbound nation to the Jiggly Show, a genre that featured shows with a whole lot of women running in slow motion, or at least running without bras. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> right now, Three's Company doesn't fall into that category. No but they do mention it in the next paragraph where they talk about dozens of jiggle sitcoms. (laughs) Dozens of jiggle sitcoms? Notably, Three's Company and the Love Boat, the genre reached its zenith between 1978 and 1981 when producers tried to insert gratuitous skin into increasingly inappropriate shows, most notably the first season of Facts of Life, Oh. which is set in a children's boarding school. (laughs) All right. Who
1: the hell thought we would have uncovered this whole, like, subgenre of television by that one word.
0: I don't know. I would either equate it to Baywatch, which has that running in slow motion stuff. It's the whole show. Or even Friends, because I think Friends, like, there's a, a joke where you could always kind of see Rachel's nipples. Yeah. Because they're... I mean, I, I don't know if I would call Friends uh, Jiggly. I might call it Pokey. Yeah, the Pokey
1: show. Yeah, that's a very Pokey show. Jennifer Aniston especially. She made me a man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so <laughs> So the other feedback I got, my mom said we we curse too darn much.
1: The fuck she mean? Sorry, Matt. <laughs> do you, do you, yeah,
0: game, you want to play a game?
1: Yeah, I always <laughs> want to play a game, Dan. Do
0: you want to play a game? How about the first person to curse this episode has to get a tattoo related to oh. the show that we're doing this episode.
1: It's funny you say that. You're itching. I am in the market for a tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Starting now though, because I just cursed a few times. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not gonna count. Carry- right, okay. You just, that, so now you know, we're gonna. That's... I mean, I, you know what? I'm in.
0: All right. Let's set some parameters. Okay. We'll use the the George Carlin skit.
1: The seven dirty words. Yeah. Okay. Can I say them now, or do I lose the bet? You
0: won't lose the bet now. What is it? It's, uh, fuck, shit, cock. I forget them. So the words in the order Carlin listed them. Shit piss fuck cunt. Cocksucker motherfucker tits.
1: Oh jeez. <laughs> uh, fuck piss shit. Cock. Motherfucker. Cocksucker. I needed to do them in order? No, you don't have to do them in order. You just have to get them right. I oh. uh, would I
0: get six? Uh, I stopped counting. Fuck shit, piss, cocksucker, motherfucker. Was cock in there? You keep you just you, you're focusing on cock, cocksucker.
1: Cocksucker. okay. Yeah.
0: So I feel like if we do say cock, we're away, we're okay.
1: Okay. All right. So
0: shit, piss, fuck, cunt, uh, cocksucker, motherfucker, tits.
1: Shit, piss, cocksucker, motherfucker, cunt, tits. You keep. How do you get them out of order? Why am I missing? I don't know. Dude, this.
0: Is, I did not know. We were taking fucking like an SAT this morning. Shit, <laughs> piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, tits. All right. Everybody's on board. All right. So now... We're all on board. From now on, this show will have no curses. From now on, just this episode. Yeah, well, or the first person to curse, or I guess say one of these words, has to get a tattoo related to the show that we're doing today.
1: Okay. I'm in. You're in? You're on board? Ready. Go. Fuck. <laughs> 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 All right, (laughs) that's settled. (laughs) Wait, I thought it was one, two, three, go. I didn't know it was (laughs) like one, two, three. All right, starting now, let's go. No, no, you lost. (laughs) (laughs) You lost. Oh, man. I really should have waited to play that game until I heard the song, (laughs) shouldn't I? (laughs) Let's
0: see. Let's see how you did with the clues. Well, let's see
1: what my future mistake's going to be. <laughs> I hope it's the office.
0: We're, st- we're staying in the 70s. Okay. Uh, it, it's a cartoon. Okay. And it's also Annie's favorite cartoon. Annie, your cat. Let's see how well you know my cat.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> You're going to make a guess? Off of
1: that? No. <laughs> a 70s cartoon?
0: 70s cartoon, Annie's favorite cartoon. Uh, Scooby-Doo. No, but close. Very close. Is that, Those are my only hints? No, no, no. Okay. It's, huh, it's based on a comic book. Garfield. No. That's a good guess, I guess. Garfield and Friends was in the 80s. Wow. Um. It was made in a 2001 movie starring Rachel Lee Cook, Rosario Dawson, and Reed. This is your last clue, and the streak oh, is on the line. Oh
1: man, what is wrong with me? Fucking Josie and the Pussycats. Can I get? Can I? Can I get a a a, a tattoo of Annie's face? <laughs> no.
0: I, yeah, I'm not gonna stop you. You can. I mean, she's a cat. But you have to. No, you have to get something like. Either related to the Archie comic book, Josie and the Pussycats, Uh, or the cartoon, Josie and the Pussycats, or uh, the 2001 movie, Josie and the Pussycats.
1: So this tattoo I'm getting now is going to be a cover-up of a tattoo I had already gotten, and now I have to think of my next tattoo, which will be a cover-up of the Josie and the Pussycats tattoo.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. It never hurts to plan ahead. No, no. Nope, I should have. So Rose, so Rosie, I'm looking at Rosario Dawson. Ah, I love her. I so speaking of
1: Rosario Dawson and what we were talking about when we opened the show. Jiggly, if anyone's seen the the scene where she dances on the roof in Clerks Two, I highly recommend it.
0: She's gorgeous.
1: I, I am a big Ros- Yeah, I am. I have had a very big crush on Rosario Dawson for a very long time.
0: Josie and the Pussycats TV series 1970 to 1971, only 16 episodes. Really? So it had as many episodes as Where the Ghostbusters. I'm Spencer. I'm Rosario. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Kong. So, uh... TVG thirty minutes Saturday morning cartoon Josie and the Pussycats is a pop music group who during their tours are always involved in strange mysteries. The band is always on their way to a gig, or there's a misunderstanding involving the booking or traveling details. Kind of sounds a little bit like, like Scooby Doo ish. It is a total Scooby Doo ripoff. Is it like I,
1: I've never seen an episode? Like I'm aware of the show, obviously, but I've never seen an episode of Josie and the Pussycats. Do they do like? Supernatural stuff like ghosts and things
0: like that. So they're not supernatural and like they never like unmask anybody, but they have these villains that just have these really bizarre goals and plans for like world domination. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and a pop band must stop them. So it's a Hanna-Barbera cartoon, so you can't exactly like rip mm. off your own stuff. True. They were definitely looking to capitalize on Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. So much so that if you go now on YouTube and listen to one of the episodes and you shut your eyes, you'd think you were watching Scooby-Doo because all the background music and the score is exactly the same. Huh. That's,
1: uh, why not? I mean, I, I, I get, like, if you're in the same universe, like, you, you know, using things here and there, but, like, that's, to me, lazy.
0: I, I guess it's a little lazy, but you know what? If it, what's the easiest way to make money? Yeah. How can we make the most money without doing the most amount of work? Like Yoink Scoob. So they said Kooky, Dellsville, Zowie. Uh, somebody got called a Dingaling. A ding-a-ling. <laughs>
1: it's a good song by Chuck Berry. Ding-a-ling. You should listen to it. <laughs> It'll make you giggle.
0: Isn't there like a Christmas song? My Dingaling, my Dingaling. No, <laughs>
1: there probably is one, but there's there is a song uh, called Dingaling, and I think it's about his Dingaling.
0: I, my goal for today, besides to not have to get a, a Josie and the Pussycats tattoo, was to call you a ding-a-ling at some point.
1: All right. Let's see if we can get that to happen.
0: Let's see. There was two spinoffs. Well, one spinoff, uh, Josie and the Pussycats in Outer Space. <laughs> Obviously.
1: Where else do you go?
0: <laughs> and it serves as like a kind of second season. Just for clarity, the group consists of Josie, who's their guitar-playing lead singer. Okay. Valerie. Who's the a, a tambourine player? But she's also like kind of the Velma of the group a little bit. She's very smart, studious, but more like hands-on smart, like hands-on smart in the way we, me and you, wish we were. Yeah, <laughs> almost like an engineer. Uh, Melody's the dub blonde, but she's like the kind of like motivating spirit of the group. Like she's always looking on the bright side of things.
1: She's the positive one. I'm blown away by the sixteen episodes. Like. How, how they've done other things like they've used that property for, like you said the the that movie like how i can't believe that 16 episodes was enough to be like hey 20 years later let's make a movie out of this thing that
0: yeah 30 years later 30 wow 30 years yeah 1970 later. was when this came out that came out in 2001 2001
1: so dan you said this was a Hanna barbera cartoon and we've kind of talked a little bit about Hanna barbera i'm Kind of curious if some of the same people are going to come up in this.
0: They are. So a little peek behind the curtain. The Flintstones was one of the test episodes that we did. And yes, there was a a guy who came up and we'll play a little clip for him. (laughs)
1: Well, I'm 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 drawing a blank at the moment.
0: That's okay. I'll go back into the archives. So Hanna-Barbera produced and directed the show, Mm -hmm. but Josie and the Pussycats were, were created by John and Richard Goldwater, who were a father and son team. John Goldwater was one of the founders of Archie Comics, and eventually his son would join the business as uh, the editor-in-chief. Wow. The whole credit says, designed by Dan DiCarlo. Like, what is that? What is that? Like, just how they look? Like, I don't... According to his obituary, Dan DiCarlo was the top artist for Archie Comics for 40 years. Mm-hmm. <sighs> He gave the Archie characters their look and also created Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Mr. DiCarlo was renowned for his curvaceous depiction of female form, so-called good girl art, which had its origins in the pinup style of World War II. Interesting.
1: And I, I would feel like they now knowing that little bit, it m- kind of makes a little sense because they all look like... Bringing it back to tattoos, like, ta- you know, tattoo pinup girls.
0: Traditional American style tattoo?
1: Yeah, Amer- Yeah, American traditional. Busty, thin waist, you know. It's not my favorite genre of tattoo. I like Betty Page. <laughs> Betty Page was a pinup. You
0: ever seen the work of Alberto Vargas?
1: Not that I can recall, no. Yeah, you should check it out. Really?
0: Alberto? Alberto Vargas. He's a pinup guy from, like, the 20s, 30s, 40s,
1: 50s. I think it's interesting that this, I feel like the that's the first time that we've heard
0: uh, designed by that credit, you know? According to Mrs. DiCarlo, his wife, she's quoted as saying, he was always interested in drawing shapely girls.
1: <laughs> was I wonder if Mrs. DiCarlo was a
0: shapely girl or if he was getting his rocks off
1: somewhere else. Stay out of here, I'm drawing!
0: Mrs. DiCarlo, uh, her first name is uh, Josette. Oh, so I'm going to assume that Josie was... She was the inspiration. She was you you are the reason in my life you are the inspiration. That's how that song goes, right? You are I think you are the you're the, you're meaning, the meaning of my, in life. my life. You're the inspiration. You're the inspiration. <laughs> it was also noted that besides Uh, Her name being used for Josie and the Pussycats, the design was actually stumbled upon when Mr. and Mrs. DiCarlo were on a cruise ship, and they had a costume party, and she dressed as a cat. Oh. What I found most notable, historically, Valerie, the tambourine player, she's black. Oh,
1: yeah. I, I guess we waxed over Rosario Dawson, but, yeah,
0: that's... Was she, like, one of the first... As far as I could tell, and I, I dug deep, she, so she's not going to be the first black animated character because all, all that racist bullshit in the 20s, yeah, 30s, like I, they had cartoons back then. What was the first one I saw? So racist. Called Cole Black and the Seven Dwarves. So Seven was S E B B E N. What? Racist as fuck. Awful, yeah. Pretty bad. So, sh- of course, she's not going to be the first animated character. But for Hanna-Barbera, she is the first African-American main character. Okay. She's only predated by Mammy Two-Shoes. That sounds pretty racist as well. Could you tell me where she's from, though?
1: Mammy Two-Shoes. Ah. Uh...
0: Tom and Jerry. Ugh. All you would see is, like, her ankles.
1: Yes. Yeah, you wouldn't see it was just like her body and I I believe she spoke.
0: Yeah, she would speak, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh there's a character named Freight Train on a Hanna Barbera show called Where's Huddles that I've never heard of before.
1: I wonder what the Freight Train is a cool nickname.
0: It's a cool nickname. Well it, it was like uh based on uh, a football team.
1: I was just gonna say, was he a football player? I mean it would the name of the show is
0: Huddles. So yeah, Valerie like ended segregation pretty much in uh Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Could have gave her a better fucking instrument. I don't know. She looks like she's having a good time. For some reason, when you Google first black African-American Hanna-Barbera cartoon, a character named Black Vulcan comes up first. Like a superhero? Like a superhero. So from from the Super Friends. Oh, okay. But uh, that show came out in 1974. This is 1970. I wonder why they wax over Valerie. I don't know.
1: Poor Valerie. So theme song? Hit me with that song there, Daniel. What are we looking at? Oh, there's George <laughs> Carlin. All right, here's Josie. I got no sound. I can't. I can't hear the song. You
0: can't hear the song?
1: No, you got to share the audio too. I did enjoy you. Uh,
0: that's dancing. Along. That's melody. No. When you see melody <laughs> playing the drums, that's my favorite <laughs> bit of animation in the whole thing. <laughs> Oh, for our listeners, the audio's not queued up on my end,
1: and all I'm watching is Danny with his big Kool-Aid <laughs> grin, popping his head back and forth. I've never seen him move to music in my life.
0: <laughs> all right, let's try that again. Josie and the Cat.
1: That's. I think it's Scooby Doo. Is what I think. <laughs> I mean, right off the bat, I think it's fucking Scooby. doo That song is fun. I, I. It's very fun. No, no. I nothing, nothing against it, but like, it, it's, it's clearly, you know, Scooby Doo. You know, one point five. <laughs> uh, I, I, I enjoyed, <laughs> I enjoyed the drumming animation as well. huh. I didn't realize Chief from One Fool Over the Cuckoo's Nest was a villain. Shh. <laughs> <in, in, in, laughs> In this show. <laughs> <laughs> ah, juicy fruit. No, it's not juju fruit,
0: it's juicy fruit. Mm, juicy fruit. Oh. <sighs> and the cat with the it was who is that? That uh, Dudley Dick? They they it's um oh what the fuck's his name? That dog Mutley. Muttley. He's got that Muttley laugh. Yeah. The cat's personality I really enjoy. <laughs> cat looks like a Piece of shit, but like
1: in a good way. Like that's a cat you want as your friend.
0: <laughs> he's very, he's very. uh What's the word? Uh, taciturn, I think is the word. Taciturn. I'm not sure how to pronounce taciturn. it.
1: Taciturn. Good word.
0: But he always comes through for uh, for the band, for the gang. Uh, not one,
1: two tambourines.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: That's a horse of a different color. I feel bad for for my slight on tambourinists. That was a that's a fun open, but yeah, I mean. Um, first first reaction, very upbeat song, very fun song, mm-hmm. but very reminiscent <laughs> of, of Scooby-Doo. The song, though, is is very,
0: uh, it's Motown. Sure, yeah, Motown-esque. Like, when I heard it, I thought of Motormouth Maybell. Like, I, I was brought back to Hairspray <laughs> <laughs> and the Corny Collins show. That movie's you slept on that. I tried to get you to go see that movie in the movie theater and you refused I to go. I was so against that. And then I watched it without you and you were,
1: that might have been one of the pissed. first times that you were like angry at me. Like,
0: <laughs> well, did you got to watch this movie. <laughs> uh, so Hanna-Barbera's animation style is usually uh, limited. So it's a limited animation style where not every part of the character moves. But... In the intro, I thought they did a really good job on the animation while they were playing the instruments, specifically the tambourine and obviously for me, the drums.
1: Yeah. The way her head was swaying and stuff as she was playing was was pretty cool. And there was the one scene where you could, I I felt like the background was really moving when they're kind of like, the two girls are running away and they're doing the high knees and everything. There's
0: a lot going on in that open as well. Those were all clips from the episodes, from the 16 episodes. The villains look strange. They are strange. They look like Bond villains. (laughs) That's exactly what they're inspired by. They're they're, (laughs) they're just very cartoonish, over-the-top Bond villains. And Bond villains, to me, are cartoonish and over-the-top to begin with. (laughs) So long tails and ears for hats, guitars, and sharps and flats. Neat, sweet, a groovy song. You're invited. Come along. Hurry, hurry. (laughs)
1: I like that he talked about the tails and the, the ears and everything.
0: Lyrics are fun. So the lyrics are brought to us by Hannah and Barbara, Joe and Bill. But the song was composed by Hoyt Curtin. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where we'll insert the clip from the Flintstones episode.
1: Where is this gentleman's name? His first name is Hoyt. Hoy- Hoy- <laughs> Hoyt. Hoyt. Oh.
0: Hoyt. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, they caught me by surprise. <laughs> With <Would, would> Hoyt? Because <laughs> it kind of sounds like the noise you make if, like, you were kicked in the nuts. Hoyt! Hoyt!
1: <laughs> so, I'm sorry
0: to anybody named Hoyt out there. Hoyt! <laughs> so,
1: so Hoyt, kicked in the ball's curtain, is uh, the composer. Hoyt! <laughs>
0: So Hoyt was a prolific cartoon toonsmith, according to his obituary. Oh, toonsmith. I
1: wish I had, like, when I die, someone would, you know, have some kind of cool word like
0: that. A toonsmith. That just sounds like a cool guy. So Hoyt started his career. Now, Hoyt's going to be omnipresent whenever we talk about any type of Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Yeah,
1: he was there pretty much the whole time.
0: He was their main guy. So I'm going to break this up into just little chunks in anticipation that we're going to be saying his name again and talking about him. I'll just do like the first 10 years of his career here. Sure. In the 1950s, he would start working on cartoon shorts while also doing advertising jingles. Mm-hmm. He would start with Tom and Jerry. Oh. And uh, also Mr. Magoo. Oh, Magoo. <laughs> I like Mr. Magoo. It's one of my favorite Christmas
1: ones. I <laughs> I, 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 have a funny story. It involves my grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is a good one. We were there was one summer, I, me and my brother would come and spend the summers up here with them at in Pennsylvania. And uh my grandfather wanted a trough for the front of the for the lawn. What's a trough? Just, just wanted this It's it's like a basin and like um it looked like a like a water well, like an old school pump water well.
0: Oh, like horses would drink out of.
1: Yes, but he wanted a trough for decoration for the lawn, so he dragged me and my brother and my grandmother. I, I want to say for about a week or two to all these antique places that you could go to, and there's tons of them here. And we went to this one place, and they had a they had you know old toys, and I found a, a Mister Magoo toy, plush body, but a fucking hard plastic head, it's
0: like the Pee Wee Herman doll had.
1: Yes, yes, exactly like that. So I grabbed this thing and I start running around and doing. Mr. Magoo Christmas. It's great to be back, back, back. This went on for about 15 minutes. It's great to be back, back, back. Until my grandfather had had enough. And without looking, (laughs) reaches back, grabs the Mr. Magoo (laughs) doll from my hand and whap, right across the face. (laughs) I got headbutted butted by, by this Mr. Magoo dog
0: in public. You got Magoo whipped. I didn't fucking cry. No, that's what you get for being a piece of shit child.
1: It was funny,
0: <laughs> but he had had enough.
1: Great to be back, back, back. It's great to be back on Broadway. You do a pretty good Mr.
0: Magoo. Do I?
1: Oh, Magoo. I can't do much.
0: (laughs) It's Mr. Howell. Oh, lovey. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it's Jim Backus.
1: (laughs) That's his fucking name. I always forget his name.
0: Do the uh, seven words you can't say on TV in Mr. Magoo's voice.
1: (laughs) Oh, shit. Ass. Fuck. Cocksucker. Motherfucker. Tits. uh, Oh, cunt. (laughs)
0: And now Debbie will never be able to watch Mr. Magoo's Christmas again. <laughs> oh, oh, Debbie, it's great to, oh, it's great to be back on motherfucking Broadway. <laughs> oh, Magoo. So he's doing these short cartoons in the early 50s. At the 27th Academy Awards in 1955, he was part of the team that won an Oscar for short subject cartoon when Magoo flew. Oh. I didn't know M- Magoo won a fucking Oscar. Look at that! In the 1950s, he did occasionally work on motion pictures. Anything we know? The first movie he worked on was a movie called Mesa of Lost Women. So Mesa of Lost Women was a, a science fiction movie, like one of those like B science fiction movies. A mad scientist. Yeah. A mad scientist named Arana is creating giant spiders and dwarfs in his lab on Zarpa Mesa in Mexico. He wants to create a master race of superwomen by injecting his female subjects with spider venom.
1: We will create a master race.
0: (laughs) You don't have to stop.
1: Pull the string! Pull the string!
0: Wait. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: what it sounds like. Yes, I'm coming, my darlings.
0: I mean, aren't you curious about what, like... I, I, because... I did the research. I went out of my way to watch the trailer for this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I—I I mean, in my head, I have like—I feel like it's a lot of green screen. Looking back <laughs> at this giant spider, maybe I—I'm wrong. Or Harryhausen, for whatever reason, that popped into my into my head a little bit too. What I thought it might look like.
0: Make the octopus look like he's really killing you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you! It's cold. You get in here. <laughs> Give me that whiskey.
1: Let's shoot this fucker. <laughs> See, that's you, motherfucker. You were gonna fucking. <laughs> all right, now I'm now I'm seeing. You. Let's get a tattoo. Let's make a bet, and I'm gonna throw in all of these things because Anthony can't help himself and start quoting fucking movies. And I'm gonna quote a movie where one make him quote a movie where all he does is say the f word. That
0: is so. Much bullshit, because God, all I had to do motives. was look at you in silence for three seconds, and you blurted out the word fuck.
1: <laughs> I didn't think you were going to hear it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need a fucking plan.
1: There was there was, there was teary motors, I'm feeling.
0: <laughs> I can get the cat. <laughs> that was going to be my plan. If you actually weren't you for <laughs> a, a good bit of time. And I had to like really monitor what I was saying. I was just gonna get the cat head logo <laughs> on the back of my calf. That would look. I can get that. Shit, that's funny. Just in case you're wondering, if you uh, if you inject a woman with spider venom, the physical effect is she gets these long black bugles on her fingers, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: and she does uh, an interpretive tarantula dance. <laughs>
1: Do, do you have the interpretive tarantula dance? I mean, I could show
0: you. It's not going to do anybody any good. No, that's I know. I know. But it looks like this.
1: Just, oh, dude. <laughs> for those who are listening, Dan is now doing an interpretive tarantula dance. Sands the bugles on his
0: fingers. <laughs> According to Curtin, it's the worst film.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait.
0: This is no good. After. Mesa, and before his collaboration with Hanna-Barbera began in 1957, Hoyt would brush shoulders with greatness.
1: And who is he brushing those shoulders with?
0: Mr. Edward D. Wood Jr. Come on! (laughs) Really? Yep. In 1954, he provided the music for the movie Jailbait. Okay. Where he's credited as uh, Curtain, or K U R T A I N, instead of the C U R T I N. Mm-hmm. And then again, contributing background music to Plan 9 from Out of Space.
1: Really? Now, so for our listeners who are unaware who Edward is, uh, universally probably recognized as the worst director in the history of film. <laughs> Plan 9 from Out of Space, also probably universally recognized as the worst film ever made
0: plan nine plan nine ah yes plan nine uh so this his collaboration with Hanna barbera began in 1957 when he was shooting a schlitz beer commercial oh schlitz gay or not shooting he was um he was doing the jingle for a schlitz beer commercial that Hanna barbera were working on
1: huh
0: So after their collaboration on the Schlitzbeer commercial, Curtin would be Hanna-Barbera's go-to composer. He would do the and Ready show, the Huckleberry Hound show, Droopy Dog. My nickname in high school. How'd you get that nickname?
1: Because I was told that my face looks droopy. Uh (laughs)
0: Uh-huh.
1: I I guess I I had jowls in high school. (laughs) Uh, Only in high school? Only. What are you saying?
0: Nothing. Cheeks. (laughs) All right. And Loopy de loop, which is a—I uh, think he's a French Canadian wolf. Uh, I've never heard of Loopy de loop. He's got like a hat on, like a like one of those winter caps with the puff balls on top.
1: It's cold
0: in Canada. Yeah, that's well—that's that, what's making me say he looks—he looks, he looks, looks French Canadian. Sounds French Canadian. I don't know. <laughs>
1: my name is Loopy de Loop. I don't know why French Canadians to me—that's the voice that's
0: in my head. That's Loopy de loop's voice. No, it's not. Yeah. Shut up. No, I'm serious. <laughs> Hold on one second. We're 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 pausing this. I'm, Stop it. You, know, you just nailed it. <laughs> it's what I think Kevin
1: Owens sounds like whenever I hear him talk. Kill, Steen, kill. Loopy the loop.
0: I kept seeing in the, um, to bring it back to Josie. Mm-hmm. I kept seeing it uh, written different places that the Josie and the Pussycats theme that Curtin wrote was based on a musical cue from the Jetsons. So which, I'm not I'm not sure what that means, to be totally honest with you. As far as I understand, a musical cue is like when something's happening on screen, you're watching something happen, and the music kind of like enhances the... Like re- reacts to it. Yeah, or it reacts to it, or predicts it a little bit, or it enhances the action so if somebody slips on a banana peel right now in your head you're hearing a sound of somebody slipping on a banana
1: peel
0: something like that yeah (laughs) or just for like certain tones or situations during the show i listened to i i went back and i watched a couple episodes of the jetsons i couldn't put my finger on it but supposedly who um who sang the song ah good question i want to tell you something too though Oh, tell me. I was doing the research for this for Curtain, which, you know, there's a lot of research to do. And these names kept popping up alongside his, as far as like credit composer for Josie and the Pussycats. Mm-hmm. And it was Denby Williams and Joseph Rowland. And I was doing the research. So I was like, ah oh, man, I gotta look up two more fucking people. It's going to take me like <laughs> six more hours, you know, like... Are they like nom de plumes? Oh, I was so grateful. It's William Hanna and Joseph Barbera's (laughs) pseudonyms. I was so grateful. William Denby Hanna and Joseph Roland Barbera. I was so happy. God damn it. Who are these fucking guys? Then
1: hug this computer.
0: (laughs) I love you. Oh, Joe and Bill. So the singers of the theme song are Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, they're credited. That's very interesting, these fictional people. (laughs) They're not fictional. They made a real-life girl band and had auditions for singers to be the real-life version of Josie and the Pussycats. Kind of like how the Monkees were the Monkees. You know, they had a television show, but they toured as a band to promote the show.
1: And so this, the real-life... Human Josie and the Pussycats like
0: went on tour, like played at malls and shit. They made they made a record. I don't know if they went on tour or not, but they definitely they put out a record, a self titled Josie and the Pussycats record. That's pretty wild. <laughs> so the television show had three actors: Janet Waldo, Jackie Joseph, and Barbara per, uh, Parriott. I think that's how you say her name. And those were like the voices of the of the girls, the speaking voices. Correct. Now the singing voices. You know, that was Josie Melody and Valerie, respectively. The singing voices were Kathy Douglas, a.k.a. Kathleen Doer, Cheryl Ladd, a.k.a. Cherry Moore or Sherry Moore. Cheryl Ladd, the actress? Cheryl Ladd, the actress. Wow. Where do you know her from? I want to say
1: Charlie's Angels, yep. but I feel like I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm right. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Ding-a-ling-a-ling.
0: <laughs> no, I'm supposed to do that. <laughs> I, listen, I didn't call myself a ding-a-ling. No, I called you Cheeks. Yeah. And Patrice Holloway, also known as Patrice Holloway. <laughs>
1: Patrice Holloway, a.k.a.
0: Patrice Holloway. <laughs> that's pretty cool that they created a, a band. So they had recorded singles. I told you they, they made the record. And they're neat little catchy songs. I saw them like described as pop bubblegum. Sure, that's <laughs> that sounds perfect. <laughs> But they're still very, to me, very Motown. No, I, I got that feel. <clears throat> it's upbeat, soul. Yes, soul. Definitely, 100% soul. And it's we have uh, Patrice Holloway's voice to credit for that. So oddly enough, the singer of the main theme song isn't Josie, it's Valerie. Oh,
1: that's a little bait and switch. Nobody asked you, Patrice. <laughs> Nobody asked you, Patrice.
0: Patrice is mostly known for Josie and the Pussycats, but she was also a solo, solo artist. At different points in her career, she was contracted to Motown Records or Capitol Records. Okay. She co-wrote the song "You Make You Made Me So Very Happy." That song reached number three on the Billboard charts when it was performed oh. by Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Post-Josie, Patrice slash Valerie sang backup for Joe Cocker, Tina Turner, and Neil Young. Oh, Joe Cocker's!
1: I I, I always think of it's one of it's a. Um, Get by with a little help from my friends. The Beatles cover that was on The Wonder Years is fantastic. Patrice sings backup on that song. Really? I ah, was a little help <laughs> from my friends.
0: Yes, it did. <laughs> that, he, that fucking acid voice, man. So that's pretty much uh, Patrice. She died young, unfortunately. She died at 55 of a heart attack.
1: Oh, no. Nobody asked you, Patrice.
0: Even though she was Valerie, she was basically the lead singer of Josie and the Pussycats. And had a hell of a career, too. She did share some leads with Cheryl Ladd. That's pretty crazy, too. I didn't know Cheryl Ladd was a singer. Post-Pussycats, she goes on to have 91 credits on IMDb. A lot of them are guest appearances, so like The Partridge Family, The Muppet Show, Happy Days, a lot of TV movies, like kind of like Hallmark movies. Working actress. Definitely most notably, she was a character named Chris Monroe on Charlie's Angels. That character replaced Farrah Fawcett in the second season. Oh. Farrah Fawcett, only one season. Didn't know that either. Josie herself, uh, Kathy Douglas, or Kathy Dower, as she's credited, did nothing. Like, nothing after this. Couldn't find anything. Looked for any type of interview, obituary. Just couldn't find anything. She pretty much dropped off.
1: Really just went away. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a bo- Well, I mean...
1: It's a pretty big claim to fame. I mean, sure, to not do anything after that, like Josie and the Pussycats.
0: I mean, I don't know if she didn't do anything, but I just know that on like the IMDb or like as far as like singing goes, I I couldn't find anything. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, just, I couldn't find anything. Mm-hmm. So that's everything. That's everything I got.
1: That's Josie and the Pussycats.
0: Josie and the Pussycats.
1: That was fun,
0: Dan. I can't wait till you get this tattoo.
1: Yeah, I'm. I, I'm gonna make good on my promise. I <laughs> I lost a bet. I'm a man of my man of my word. So I it will be it will be posted and blogged on all our social media platforms. So you the Basils, can watch this big the Basil do something very the basilic
0: <laughs> No time for purrs and pats. Won't run <gasps> when they hear scat. I, I
1: should get the whole lyrics tattooed down my back. <laughs> you do it on your ribs, too, right? I mean, you'll lose some of the lyrics when I sit down and the rolls. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's going to look more like a haiku than a than song lyric. Sure, I could do my ribs. No, I'm going to pick the placement, if, if that's all right.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to tell you what you have to do for anything.
1: I'm okay if you want to pick the um, the design.
0: No, I'm not gonna do that.
1: I might get a I might get a tambourine tattoo, Dan.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like we're handing you a reason to get a pin-up tattoo. Yeah, I know. But they're big. <laughs> You're a big guy. I am a big guy. I am a big guy. Maybe I'll get Valerie. Maybe you can, That's what I was saying. That that was gonna be my plan. Where if I lost I was going to cover up the pinup girl that I have on my leg and replace her with Valerie. It would have been such an easy fix for yours, too.
1: (laughs) Good night, everybody.
0: (laughs) Good night, Cheeks.
1: Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at ThemeBacils.
0: Give us a follow wherever you listen. And if you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star review. That would really help. We are ThemeBacils.